In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. On my way back from a family funeral service for Nora Kulorian, God rest her kind and beautiful soul, I passed a sign in front of a humble church with one of those boards out front, and the phrase was, God's no is not a rejection, but a redirection. God's no is not a rejection, but a redirection. You saw that sign as well. Funny that a sign on Curlew Road can reveal wisdom for everyday life, which also penetrates, I believe, to the depths of God's ongoing relationship with humankind. Remember what we talked about last week, that we all start off the spiritual life expecting that God is on our team, sometimes in our pocket. But it's natural that we'd expect that the giver of all good things, God, would give us everything we need. But when we start to mature in life and faith, we face not getting some things from God. We face hardship in life. Things don't turn out just as we wish. We, say, we face sickness and, and even death. These no's from God, they feel like rejections and they shake us in our faith, but then comes a sign. God's no is not a rejection, it's a redirection. How is the job you didn't get, the relationship that didn't work out, the child that won't listen, an opportunity for redirection instead of rejection? Perhaps you need more patience more than your child needs obedience. Father, hold on. Perhaps only the loss of relationship will teach you not to take them for granted. Perhaps you need to trust more in God's provision for your life's work and less on your resume. I hope we can all take some time now and later to meditate on the rejections we all have in our lives and see how God might be moving us to redirection, reorientation to a greater trust in him. Because when we get stronger in this discipline, we will be more prepared for the one great rejection, the one no from God that we all must sadly face in this life, which is death. At some point, if you haven't already, we will all pray the same prayer to God. Lord, please grant more healthy years to my husband, to my wife, to my mom, to my dad, to myself. And eventually the answer to that prayer will be no. Life is God's gift and he gives it to us to use for but a season. And as ugly and cruel as death can be, the heart of the gospel message for all humankind is that the great rejection of death has become the great redirection. By the cross, Jesus has promised that those lost from this world have in reality come home to him. Not rejection, but redirection. 
And that's the reality we recalled in the past 50 days with the Passion of Christ, Holy Week, and the glorious coming of the Holy Spirit, which is what our feast is today, Pentecost. Recall that Jesus, the Son of God, the most true, beautiful, and good one who ever lived, was barbarically rejected and executed by the world. Aware every day of his approaching demise, Jesus asked God in the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, is it possible, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me? That is, Father, is there any other way out of this? The answer appeared to be no. Yet it was not a rejection, but a redirection that Jesus accepted obediently. He said, yet not my will, but your will be done. And then on the cross, you remember, Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? A feeling of rejection that I imagine we all have faced and certainly will face as we let go of our lives. But Jesus' words were not a rejection of God. It's commonly misunderstood, but it was actually a statement and the deepest statement, perhaps, of faith. Because Jesus is praying Psalm 22, which, yes, begins, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But, of course, it ends faithfully declaring that those who seek the Lord will praise him and their hearts will live forever. Not rejection, but redirection. And now on Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus was executed, we can identify with his followers who felt abandoned by their leader, bereft of hope for better days to come. The apostles kept asking Jesus to stay and to pick up where they left off. They want to come, they want to come with him to be with their father. And in today's reading, Jesus does not reject the apostles, but he certainly redirects him. He basically says... I'm not going to wave a magic wand over this broken world and fix it for you. It seems to be Jesus saying, God wants you all to be part of its solution. I'm not staying. You can't come with me, says Jesus, but I redirect you with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now God will not just be for you as a father. He won't just be with you as a brother as I have, but he'll be within you as a divine power. And you will not stay in your comfortable, inward-looking tribe of first Christians. I'm redirecting you on this day to the ends of the earth. To go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. The key to a Christian life, well-lived, is to trust that any rejections in life with trust in God are meant to be redirections. A prayer unanswered, a wayward child, a divorce or a death can all be means of a deeper life and lasting joy only in close communion with our Creator. From a broken down church sign on Curlew Road to the great signs of Easter and of Pentecost, all of life's trials constantly beckon us to reorient ourselves to our triune God who is for us, with us, and within us, now and always, and unto the ages of ages.